Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Indeed. Indeed it is. Yep. It's a podcast. It's about craft beer and it's about movies. And my name is Max Minardi. I am Johnny Summers. Hello. We're coming to you in the winter of 2019. It is daylight savings. Is it or is it not now? I can never remember. Winter or daylight savings? Well, no. It's da- <laughs> well, actually, it's not winter either. Exactly. But, but is it daylight savings or is it is it not? Daylight- can it be daylight savings or are we observing daylight savings? I think daylight savings time ended. Yes. Because it ends in the fall. Okay. It's darker now. Yeah. We fell back. Yes. I slept terribly. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Slept like a baby. And I woke up at 4 a.m. because my brain thought it was oh, 5 a.m. Yeah. when I wake up. Yep. And I just laid there. So it's that time of year, and that's it's that kind of day for us. So that's what you're dealing with. So welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. You, you can find us find on social us. media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, Fat Fresh Hop Cinema. I think I might have just said Fat Fresh Hop Cinema. <laughs> yeah, we're changing the website. That's way cooler. Uh, you can find us on our website at freshhopcinema.com. You can support our show for a couple bucks out of your pocket every month at patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema uh and that's it i think did you say the social media thing i think so cool at fresh hop cinema yes just at fresh hop cinema fat uh that's right yeah so we're diving in uh we're talking this week about a new film called harriet uh directed by cassie lemon starring cynthia arrivo as harriet tubman uh escaped slave turned abolitionist on the underground railroad normally i would say all right just do it Uh, yeah pop it open pop some bottles uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, the beer, I mean. But the movie we will uh, cover in a little bit here. And normally I would say we're not going to spoil the movie till the end. But Johnny and I have both agreed that due to our feelings about the movie and the fact that it is uh, common knowledge mostly, if you know the story of Harriet Tubman, we're not super worried about spoilers. So I think once we get there, we'll talk about it uh, pretty freely. Yeah. If you have an aversion to that, go see the movie and then listen to our conversation. But needless to say, yet I'll say it. Uh, this conversation will need to be lubricated by our first fine craft beer, one that I didn't know existed, and I'm hoping maybe you can tell me a bit about it, Johnny. Yeah. This beer is called Intinction from Russian River Brewing Company. It's been a while since we've dipped our toes into the local boys' liquid. Uh, we do love their beer. I'm a huge fan. You had a keg of their beer at your wedding. I did. Happy yeah. Hops, Yep. which is available in Chico now. I oh. just saw it at the bottle shop. Oh, in bottles. Was, yeah. That's cool. I was like, what? There's bottles of that? That's crazy. Sure. sure. Uh, I've heard nothing but great things about this beer. It was on sale, so that never hurts anything. Right. Because usually these are, you know, anywhere between 15 and 17. Mm-hmm. Picked up this bad boy for nine ninety nine, dollars uh, And it is almost appropriate. Uh, the word intinction actually is from biblical churchy type stuff. It's what you call it when you dip the bread into the wine and then eat it for communion. Oh, sure. That's actually like the intinction. Got it. So I thought that'd be kind of fun. Uh, bringing in a little bit of the, the religious aspect. Sure. Because well, more you'll see. I saw that later. coming. Yeah. I had a weird seizure a moment ago and mm-hmm. I knew you were going to say um, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. This beer is a Pilsner aged in Sauvignon Blanc barrels with Sauvignon Blanc. Blanc. I love these at Blanc. Yeah, it's, it's Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc grapes. So let's see what it says. Intention is a Pilsner and a Sauvignon Blanc, what I just said. Uh, aged in Sauvignon Blanc barrels with Britannomyces and fresh Sauvignon Blanc grapes. The finished beer is a refreshingly balanced, is refreshingly balanced, words are hard, with delicate notes of tart lemon and a slight earthiness from the bread. 
This beer is re-fermented in the bottle, creating a natural carbonation and a small layer of yeast sediment. Clocking in at 8.25. Wow. I love it. I quit. Okay, let me take over a second. 8.25. Uh, so this is from their website. Although we've made this beer once before, it was only available on our guided tour and for special events. Uh, so very cool. I'm going to ask you in a second where you got this. Uh, but... Uh, the base beer is a Pilsner, like you said, um, and this particular batch uses grapes from 2018 from Dutton Vineyards, and so it was a bit of a bit of a collab here. Um, but like you said, it's all Britannomyces. There's no lactobacillus, uh, and they say it's delicate, beautifully balanced, and a perfect refresher on a warm summer day. Which this is Which not. Which is not, but whatever. You know what? Good beer is good beer. Good point. So Any day of the year. Fair. I should put that on bumper sticker. Um, where did you say you got this specifically? I did not say. Perfect. Please tell me. This is uh, SNS Produce. Love it. So, yeah, yeah, right actually, at the bottle shop. Yeah. Saying hey to Andy again. Love that spot. It's like a little hidden treasure. Yes. And like you said, it is 8. Point, uh, how did you say it? Poo 5. 8.25. 8 and a quarter percent. Yep. Uh, you tasted it. I can I can see it. Your glass is a little bit more empty than it was mm-hmm. or a little bit less full. Yeah. Depending on how you want to frame it. Mm-hmm. How was it? Beer's delightful. I'm good. Yeah, it is exactly as refreshing and like crisp as I thought it was going to be. It's like nice and lemony and really fruity, but then it finishes in like this dry kind of snappy, crisp way. You may say whiny. Whiny. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. That's something. It's fantastic. Uh, We've talked in the past. Sometimes a beer of this nature tends to give the old boys some heartburn, but I don't think this is a problem with this one. No. It doesn't seem to leave you with that sort of... um, extra tartness especially like on your teeth you know you get that sort of like coating yeah i hate that it doesn't feel super acidic no it doesn't it tastes very well balanced but yeah very tart and bright um certainly some lemon like lemongrass flavors mm-hmm. are there but nothing nothing too uh cloying either there's some sweetness on the back end but nothing that's like trying to maybe mask the tartness mm-hmm. nice, i really nice. like this you taste all the ingredients and like all of the the wininess and the barrels and I love that it's, there's really no fruit other than the wine grapes. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of their beers can kind of almost get overtaken by the barrel. Like Consecration just tastes oh, yeah. like red wine. Yep. So this like mm-hmm. has enough of the beer left in it for it to really be balanced out by those wine notes and work together. I love the barrel-aged Pilsner. Or is it it's Pilsner, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. That's really cool, man. It's so light and crisp. They didn't overly sour it. So you still get like that light pilsnery feeling out of drinking this. I really like it. Right, that's what I was gonna say. Like the the pilsner, the simplicity of it mm-hmm. is is such a nice pa- or uh, maybe a canvas is what I'm looking for 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 adjuncts and like just adding things in without having it detract from either the base beer or the adjuncts. And the fact that this is brewed in those barrels or fermented rather um, is very cool. Yeah, and I think it's a nice it's a nice little love child. This beer's killer. Yeah, I was looking up on my phone here trying to find the last episode we did do Russian River because I know we've done it a few times over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember the last one, but I think it was probably it was probably Happy Hops. I think we did Happy Hops. We might have done a pig somewhere along the way. We did pig day one. Was that the very first? Yeah, we did pig and uh, Pliny and sort of their main lineup. That was yeah, that was way back when. Okay, I know at one point we did the uh, border you brought back the Shadow uh, of a Doubt. Shadow of a Doubt. Yep, but I can't remember when any of those were. Which I guess is pretty normal. It'd be weird if I was like, I remember the day. Season five, episode two. Right. Uh, okay. Anything else you want to talk about with this beer? You know, just the fact that it's so readily available is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, price point's great. Quality is amazing. Uh, stylistically, this is at the top of its game. I mean, mm-hmm. this is one of the best barrel-aged wilds. Pilsner. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. but just a barrel-aged wild ale. I mean, bang for the buck and availability. Like, Wait, I don't think you can call it a wild ale. 
because I think a while it has to be like fermented by, and here I'm just going to go off and it was on no basis, but I feel like in the past, a wild ale is like an open fermentation a lot of the time, or they use, um, you know, local stuff. And I think like this is a, a controlled beer that was put into these barrels with the grapes. And it's more of like a, I don't know what you'd call it, but I don't think it's a wild ale. Well, wild fermentation uh, refers just to leaving it uh, in an open fermenter. Yeah. Exposed to air. Well, did this do the that? outside world. I'm pretty sure they do all of their, their barrel-aged sours, like wild fermentation. I don't know, man. It's saying like aged in Sauvignon Blanc barrels mm-hmm. with the grapes, and that's it. And then they re-ferments in the bottle. Okay. Right? I'd like to get some clarity on this. Maybe we'll reach out. Yeah, or we'll look it up during the break or something. Yeah, that'd be smart. I'm going to make a note. Either way, it's really good. Yes. Because I thought, like, consecration, they, like, it was a, you know. I don't think it is. Like, wild fermentation. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we should find out. Because they do have, like, active, you know, yeast in them. Right. Like, the stuff. I, mm. But when you see it says, um, in the barrels, it has a secondary fermentation. Right. But that's still very controlled. Like I, the wild in my brain is like, okay, but how does it ferment the first time is what I'm saying. It's, I'm pretty sure it's wild fermented and then secondary fermentation takes place in the bottle or yeah, barrel. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Let's find out. We'll find out in a minute here. All right. We got to get into it. Uh, yeah. Let's get uh, back on this one more time. This is an intinction from Russian river. Mm-hmm. It's available around if you live in Northern California, certainly um, it's eight and a quarter and that's the score I'm going to give it eight and a quarter. I'm going to give it an eight. I'm okay. going to give it an eight and a half. It's really good. Yep. I really like it. I'm going to drink it again because I might actually give it a nine. It's very good. Yeah, it's it's really top notch. This beer for me is, it's right in that like eight, nine No, it's a nine range. Me. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's so clean. Mm-hmm. It's just a clean ass tasty beer. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are you going to do? Yeah, it's tremendous. Yeah. What are you giving it? Uh, 8.9. 8.9. Yep. Just teasing. Yep. Okay. So this is Intinction from Russian River. If you can get it, get it, drink it, try it. Let us know what you think. I'd love to have a chat about this beer. Uh, hit us up. Let yeah. us know what you think. Yes, indeed. Boom. Uh, flick picks. We're moving right along. This is the section of the show where we cover a movie or two that we uh, don't consider our main film. It's maybe not always the most modern. It's probably not out in theaters. Sometimes it is. Like we're coming up on Oscar season in a few months, a couple months. God, already? Yeah. So it'll be, those will maybe be an exception. But for now, um, we're going to talk about my flick pick this week, which was No Country for Old Men. It was a 2007 film from the Coen brothers. I'm certainly you've heard of it, I would assume. Um, but if you haven't, it stars, I'm going to put, look, I have the DVD case and everything. Ooh, not even Blu-ray. No, just not regular DVD. DVD. Uh, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin, Tommy Lee Jones, Woody Harrelson's in it. Um, and, uh, it's, I don't want to say too much, but I will say it's a movie that sort of emulates a Western in Texas. And there's, uh, a suitcase of money that is the object of art. It's, it's our MacGuffin of the movie, but we get this really fantastic film with fantastic performances and great writing. Uh, it won the best picture that year, best supporting actor, best director, best writing. Great movie. Jeez. I hadn't seen it in years. Yeah. Um, and before I get into my real thoughts about it, I want to know the last time maybe you saw it and your thoughts on it. Oh, I haven't seen it in maybe like probably five years. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, but it was really good. I remember absolutely loving it. Just yeah. thinking it's just the roles were so unique mm-hmm. in the writing and Javier Bardem is just this incredibly... Anton Chigurh. Just this absent uh, villain. 
you know, just completely dead behind the eyes. Oh, yeah. Terrifying man. He's so scary. So scary. Yeah. Uh, It's really an impressively written villain. And I love uh, Josh Brolin in this movie. There is just so many fun little twists and turns that these characters take in Mm -hmm. this whole kind of saga. Yeah. I remember really liking this movie. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't, what I didn't remember that stuck out to me this time around was that there's, I don't think there's any music. It's really quiet, huh? Once I noticed it, which was probably like 40 minutes in, I can almost swear there was no music the rest of the time, but I can't remember the first 40 for sure, but it felt like there was like almost nothing crazy, which is so nuts because a lot of the time in movies, especially sort of dramas and Westerns, like music is the, one of the driving forces behind tension. Mm-hmm. And I was so tense throughout this movie, and it was I was to the, the lack of it that made it so unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the scenes where you have him and his uh, what do you call those things? The gun thing, yeah, the cattle the, gun or whatever. Yeah, just crazy stuff. But it's like you because there's a lot of repeated uh, violence here, and you kind of see what's happening before it happens. Mm-hmm. And the more and more it happens, you're just like, I know it's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh no! And every time it would build, and it was great, man. I don't know. There's some really, really great performances here. Like Tommy Lee Jones is awesome mm-hmm. um, as sort of the old weathered sheriff that's been doing it. And his family's been in the town for forever. And he, my dad before me was the sheriff and the times are changing. Mm-hmm. I also really like the Coen brothers have this really unique way of capturing sort of um, the essence of people that aren't usually on screen. Uh, like if you've seen Fargo, mm. sort of the auxiliary characters in Fargo or in no country are just like these weird, like I mean, in Fargo, it was the Midwest. Here, it's Texas. Like, random people that are just, they seem dumb as dirt, mm-hmm. but they're good and they're just dumb. Yeah. Uh, the gas station attendant comes the to The perfect mind. example, yeah. Or, yeah, there's any number of them are just, like, the dullest, have no idea. Like, who is this Javier Bardem dude that's coming? He's just, like, the weirdest person they've ever seen, but they're just like, hello, sir, how are you doing? I can't possibly call it. I don't, I don't even know what's at stake. He's like, you already, you put it up your entire life. It's like, I don't know what you mean, but okay, I'll flip a coin. Weird. And they just go with it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. It's so strange seeing somebody as weird as him in that setting. Yeah. <laughs> and just going about it like normal. Mm-hmm. Pretty violent movie, too. Yeah. But tastefully, I think. Yeah. It was very stylized violence. Overall, great film. Yeah. The ending scene uh, where Tommy Lee Jones has this big monologue with his wife about a dream he had. He's just great in this. Mm-hmm. And I think about the first time that I ever saw him, which I think was like in Men in Black. Oh, really? Just drastically different uh, dudes. Mine was Fugitive. Oh, really? I don't think I've seen The Fugitive. The Fugitive, right? The Fugitive with Harrison Ford. That's right, yeah. I didn't kill my wife! No idea what you're even talking about. I don't Is care. it good? It's real good. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, that like mid to late 90s, just like action cheese. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah. yeah. I love that stuff. It That's was great. It was really good. You should watch it. Okay. I will, uh, let me put that on my little flick. I'll just put it on my letterbox list. Yeah. Oh, that's what I didn't say at the beginning. You can follow us on letterbox if you'd like. Yeah. uh, Or untapped. Sometimes we update that. I update my letterbox a lot now. Follow back on it. Follow Max because he's better at it than me. And follow Johnny on untapped. That's your new job because I have, I don't do untapped ever. Okay. That's, that's your job for the show. Okay. Um, the fugitive. Let me type that in real quick. Yes. Um, Do it. I also want to look up other Tommy Lee Jones roles. Yeah. So while you're doing that, give me like an out of 10 on No Cult Country for oh, Old Men. Oh, God, it's and then, so good. It is. And then let me know, you know, obviously I'm thinking you're going to say people should watch it. For sure. Okay. If you haven't seen it, it's crazy. It's, it's a, so good. It's like would people you, consider it, yeah, like one of the best movies ever made. Uh, yeah, that is true. Would you consider it a must watch? Yeah, absolutely. And okay. I'm, I'm not, I don't have the movie knowledge to make a claim like best movie ever made or anything, but certainly one of the best movies I've ever seen. Performance wise, writing wise, um, world immersion is incredible. The editing's great. Um, it's all, it's all there. It's all there. Word. Um, 
Yeah, man, I have no reason not to give it a 10, and it's so fantastic. I felt my, I had to watch it in two uh, viewings, which was okay. a bummer. Um, but friend Sean came. He was driving up to Seattle last night, stayed with us. Nice. And showed up a little bit early, or some people say on time, <laughs> and uh, whatever. Um, so I had to pause, and I, or I finished it this morning. Um, but I was amazed at how quickly I got sucked back in. Like, you think what, that's my biggest worry when I have to pause a movie. like, well, now I'm going to lose momentum, and I won't have the same experience, which mm-hmm. I'm sure I didn't. But the moment I pressed play this morning over coffee, I was just like, vroom, to go oh, back yeah. In. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give it a 10. It's damn near perfect, and nice. I can't tell you why it's not. Good if, work. If it's not. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't have a counterargument, so. Yeah, right. All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, man. He was in Ad Astro, which we were going to cover but never did. He mm-hmm. played uh, Brad Pitt's dad, I think. But I think I, I mean, watched it. I went for the show. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why did we not cover it? Oh, because I was on my honeymoon. Yeah. We just didn't record. Exactly. Sure. That should have been a flick pick at some point because I totally you did watch that make movie. It that, yeah. That's my flick pick this week. You can make it that if you want me. <laughs> Ad Astro. Well, I don't have anything else, so. Sure. Uh, okay, fine. So that's that's No Country for Old Men. Go see it. It's available everywhere that you can rent movies physically, mm-hmm. probably online somewhere. Totally. Right. Word. I dig it. Okay. So my flick pick is Ad Astra. Love it. With Tommy Lee Jones as Brad Pitt's dad in a future <laughs> Where the Earth is more screwed up than it is now, and we're sending people into deep, deep space to try and get other planets ready for us to inhabit. Yeah. So yeah. this came out uh, earlier, I think, in um, this year. Must have been, or must have been October, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Early October. Uh, give me director, give me actors, things like that. So if you would. Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, Ruth Nega, Donald Sutherland, Kimberly Elise. Donald Sutherland's in that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. Directed by James Gray. James Gray. Yeah, it was fine. Fine, yeah. It was not stellar or right. interstellar. All right, fair enough. But did it feel like it was trying to be? Because I feel like you I, get these, like, I never one saw man interstellar. interstellar. You should see that. I don't think it's – people love interstellar. Mm-hmm. I don't love interstellar. So it was, um, it was way more of an art film than I anticipated mm-hmm. in its – kind of immersion into Brad Pitt's brain and there's a lot of monologues. That's I heard that. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, and a lot of just um him riffing on everything. Uh, it really if you are into possibly seeing this movie, I suggest you go watch Moon first with Sam Rockwell. Nice. I was going to say it sounds like Moon meets like The Martian. Yeah. Matt Damon. Um exactly. It was kind yeah. of like that without the survival aspects of of Martian. Uh, you know, serious deep space travel, lots of, of time in a spaceship. I wouldn't say it was great. It was it was worth a watch because it's interesting. I like seeing Brad Pitt in serious roles. Yeah. Uh, it did get super preachy on the we're destroying the earth. But, oh, sure. I mean, it's kind of the whole premise of the movie. So sure. you can't really say that it's being too preachy for just doing what it said it was going to do. So I mean, yeah, you certainly can't hold it accountable for, like, making a left turn. Like, if that's yeah. what it is, then it's, that's what it is. It's the driving plot yeah. point of the yeah. whole reason everything is happening. In it's like movie. when that scene at the end of Black Klansman comes on uh, where mm-hmm. it turns, like, flips it on to, like, the president, to Donald Trump. And then people are like, I don't like how political it got. It's like. It was, the whole movie's political. It was political the whole time. <laughs> you can't get mad just because you don't like this one particular yeah, part of it. Just, exactly. You know. Oh, these politics only applied in the 70s. Yeah, right. That's. It's, I have a big theory on that and why mm-hmm. that people that uh, would typically align with saying something like, I don't like how political it got about Donald Trump would be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was like, it's so far behind. You don't yeah. have to uh, sort of, that's the word I'm looking for, sort of uh, just, wrestle with it. Yeah. Uh, I was looking for a better word. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I wish I could think of it. Oh, well. Anyways. Same idea. Yeah. So... This movie I enjoyed. Reckon with it. Reckon. Got it. I reckon. Sorry. Go ahead. 
So excited. I enjoyed Ad Astra, but I wouldn't say it's a life changer. Like I said, I would for sure watch Moon. It really reminded me of that. And I think Sam Rockwell had a much better performance yeah. in a very similar film. But Brad Pitt was was good to above average in this. It's a rental. I, I would give it like a strong like six point eight. Okay. So it's it's fine. I feel like so what made Moon so in yeah. Go see Moon, regardless. If you yes. haven't seen Moon, prioritize that shit because it's great. One hundred percent. But what made Moon so interesting, and like kind of ties into the whole space portion of like two thousand one Kubrick, mm-hmm. is is like the isolation part yes. of it, and then sort of the the commentary on man's sanity mm-hmm. and what that means if you're the only person around, or or even like high life. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you see that with Not Pattinson? Yet. Oh, you gotta see that. But it's on uh, Amazon Prime now, so is I can it? just watch it for free. Yeah, I saw it at uh, All the Best when I went to rent uh, this collection of movies I got for this week, and I almost rented it. Yeah, but the, my criteria was like either a movie that I haven't seen. Or a movie that Gianna might enjoy that I've seen, mm. which is why I got Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yes. And I saw High Life. I was like, I've seen it. And Gianna's going to hate it. Oh, shoot. All right. I'll leave it. Because <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird one. But I would like it? I don't know. Okay. You'd, you'd like it. Okay. It's really good. It was a good movie. It was great, yeah. Have you seen Good Time yet with Robert Pattinson? No. Oh, you got to see that too. Yeah? Yes. Especially because that was done by the Safdie brothers who were doing a movie coming out very soon called Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Yeah. Same directors. Okay. I, I'm so stoked for What's that. that one called? Uncut Gems. No, the oh. one with the other one. You uh, uh, Good Time. Good Time. Yeah, that was like 2014. No, it can't be that long ago. It was like 2016, I think. Let me find out. Um, But yeah, it was great. No, 2017, my bad. So just, yeah, it was that and then and then uh, High Life with, his, with also Pattinson. He's doing some cool stuff. He is the king of France in a movie on Netflix right now with Timothy Chalamet playing oh, the king that. of England. Dude, yeah. It looks so good. Yeah. I was watching the trailer for it last night because it just dropped on Netflix. Right. Timothy Chalamet is going to take over the world. I think we can all agree on that. Dude, yeah, he's doing good stuff. The fact that this movie is on Netflix and not being like widely released is mm-hmm. amazing because it looks so good. We yeah. should pull up a trailer at some point. Deal. Uh, could you tell me the name of it again, please? I think it's just called The King. The King. Something like that. Chalamet. Yep. Uh, Pattinson. Mm-hmm. And Netflix. the other guy that was in It Comes at Night, the main guy. Oh, man, I can't picture Yes. He, was it somebody that is like somebody? Yeah, I think he directed it. You like him? Oh, the director of, but of he it? was he starred in it too. You would really? Yeah, pull Wait, up. it comes at night or it follows. What did you just? It say? comes at night. The one oh. where they're in the house. Yeah, was it was it Joel Edgerton? Yes. Yeah, okay, he's sweet. in this movie too. I heard it follows. No, which is a different movie, but I think also good. It follows was good. Covering a lot of ground here. This is good. <laughs> We've <laughs> just talked about twenty five movies. I'll put them all on our list of the notes or something. Yeah, for sure. Uh, check out that. The King, though. I yeah. I think it's going to be, it cool. could be like worth being a flick pick next nice, week. Nice, dude. Yeah. I will, I'll get on it. What, because let's backpedal. Uh, movie at Astra. Right. Um, was there anything like that? So I was getting out with like Moon, like Isolation or Man. Was it like Man Reckoning with himself or more? All of that. Yeah. Okay. Super deep into the psychology. And because I know there's a lot about like his dad. Like that's, mm-hmm. they blow that in the trailer. Like your dad's still alive yeah. and you got a one more mission to, yeah. I don't know what it is. But. And they dwell a lot on like you're up in space for so long, you kind of start to go crazy. Mm-hmm. So kind of themes that we've seen throughout science fiction and deep space and, and stuff like that. So. Do you ever see Rocket Man? No. No, wait. Is, yeah, it's called Rocket Man, isn't it? The one about no. Elton John? No, not that one. Isn't there another Rocket Man? It was like my dad's favorite, one of his favorite comedies to show us. Oh, really? What's that comedian? He's kind of goofy. Yeah, that <laughs> narrows it down. Sorry, sorry. Uh, what is wrong yeah. with you? Comedy. Um, no, it's totally a move. I'm not crazy. Rocket Man with him. What's his damn name? I don't know. 
There's a play sign. Harland Williams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, him. Harlan Williams is great. Yeah, it's, he's kind of goofy. goofy. <laughs> uh, anyways, that Rocket Man, there's like a whole sequence. It's a very slapsticky kind of movie. There's a whole thing about him being in space and like kind of going crazy. Is it a Disney don't. film? Might it as well be. Disney on Yeah, the, might as well be, dude. That's funny. Yeah. Harlan Williams is great. He's something. He's pretty funny. I love him in this, but it turns out he's just like this in real life, I think. so. Yeah. It's I've great. seen some of his stand-up. Have you? He's kind of weird. Yeah, he's a weird guy. He was in uh, Half-Baked. Oh, I've never seen that. It was re- what? People love half pot. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. You have no, to smoke pot and watch that sometimes. That makes sense, yeah. Not a big pot doer these days. Yeah. Or actually any days, but every now and again. It happens. So, you recommend Ad Astra? Kind of. Kind of. It was fine. And I recommend the crap out of No Country for Old Men. There's way better movies to watch than Ad Astra. Sure. So. Sure. Well, those are our flick picks this week. Boom. If you got thoughts on them, let us know. If you're on Letterboxd, that's the place to do it. If you're not on Letterboxd, you can, again, tweet us, Instagram us, whatever you want to do. Email us at fhccast.gmail.com. Didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to break, and then let's come back and talk about Harriet. Kaboom. Yeah. Let's do it. Guys, as the holidays draw closer, it's important to remind ourselves what's truly important this holiday season. Friends, family, and good craft beer. One of those will help you deal with the other two. And on that note, why don't you come on down to the Handlebar right here in Chico. They're a fantastic restaurant and craft beer bar. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street, and they have a fantastic constantly rotating lineup of craft beers. They also have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off all those draft beers. Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Go check them out. Is, but you have made it 100 miles to freedom all by yourself. Would you like to pick a new name to mark your freedom? Harriet Tumble. You are welcome here anytime. If I'm free, my family should be too. I made up my mind, I'm going back. You're confident, composed, when trouble comes. You'll be ready. Papers. It says here you're five and a half feet tall. You ain't more than five feet. Must have won my high boots that day. Why you back here? It ain't safe. I come to get you. Bring all of you to freedom. Do you know what would happen if you got caught? You got lucky, Harriet. I made a diss for all my own. So don't you tell me what I can't do. Harriet, welcome to the Underground Railroad. Everybody, everywhere is looking for you. God don't mean people to own people. Find this thief and burn her at the stake. 
give every last drop of blood in my veins until this monster called slavery is dead. Ready? Dude, the trailer makes this movie look so much yeah. better than it no, is. No, I know. Harriet, I'm ready. Yeah, okay. That's the trailer for Harriet. Uh, here's your phone. Thanks for letting me borrow that. Yeah. Uh, okay, really quick. Are we just rolling right in? Yeah, we're doing it. Oh, shit. Harriet was directed uh, by Cassie Lemons. Cassie Lemons has done the following films that you've never heard of or seen. Eve's Bayou, The Caveman's Valentine, Black Nativity. A couple of those actually have Samuel L. Jackson, um, which seems more of like an A-list actor than I thought these movies warranted based yeah. on when I looked them up. Um, I sort of nixed the IMDb synopsis, and I just wrote, Harriet tells the story of escaped slave turned abolitionist Harriet Tubman. There That's you go. all we need to know right now. Yep. Cynthia Erivo plays Harriet. Uh, her pre-freedom name uh, was Minty. We'll say that for now. Joe Alwyn plays Gideon Brodest, the uh, incredibly racist, creepy, abusive, fictional son of her master's family. I don't I feel weird to say. Her slave owner's family. Uh, we'll get into sort of the historical truth of this movie in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I also wrote down Leslie Odom Jr., who plays William Still, and I should have written down uh, Janelle Monet, but I didn't. Yeah, because she's awesome. She's great. Um, so this came out November 1st, 2019. It runs two hours and five minutes. Why? I don't know. Uh, and it's made opening weekend, $11.6 million on a budget of 17 million. So it's on its way to at least making its money back. Yeah. So, so let's get into it again really quickly. Like we're going to probably spoil stuff. Mm -hmm. So take that if you want. Yeah. So Max, you have pretty strong feelings about this. I really do. I want you to open this up. Well, I hated it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. I don't know. I'm going to start with my screening, I guess, because this seems like one of those movies, and this is going to be hard to put into words properly, but it feels very green booky in the demographic that it's aimed at. Mm. I think it's aimed at people that really like sort of the um, done up, very shiny, right and wrong morality type stuff. So from the get go in this movie, you like meet the clearly evil, white, bad people, which like they own slaves. Like that's enough for all of us mm-hmm. in America. We're just like totally bad. But they go above and beyond having the mustache twirling, like they were crazy evil. They were caricatures. Yeah, like, but not even like really like evilly. Like they just were like insanely rude. Because yeah. I feel like this was this was a PG thirteen movie, wasn't it? Mm. I can't imagine it was R. Yeah, should have known that. It usually says it in my little thing, but mm-hmm. I didn't write it down. Um, I don't know. It felt. I mean, there were quite a few n word drops, so maybe it wasn't PG thirteen. Yeah. Um, but. All that to say, I think that this is a very inspiring story for what it could have been. Like the true story of Harriet Tubman is awesome. I think that the stuff that they bring into this telling of it, a lot of it is religious and a lot of it is very ham fisted and unbelievable. The dialogue is shit. Uh, the editing's garbage. There's some beautiful cinematography of the sort of the East Coast in the, uh, the um, you know, 1850s. Mm hmm. And that's it. I mean, Cynthia Erivo is pretty good. I think Leslie Odom Jr. was great, actually. Um, and it was PG-13, just to yeah. circle back around. And I think it feels that way. Like I, It doesn't deal with any of the grittiness of like the actual horrors of slavery, I don't think, yeah. like in any real way. It tends to lean more on um, her relationships with people, some that don't even exist in history. Mm-hmm. And they use that to kind of craft a, a dramatic narrative that I don't think needs to be there. And they substitute that for what could have been a really impactful a story of a, an amazing person in history. Yeah. It could have been much more gritty and based in reality. And yeah, I think that's it. Like none of it seemed, none of it worked. 
Like, no. and you mentioned overacting before we got started here. And I think that's just like so on point. So many of the actors, maybe not including Cynthia Erivo, because she was very good in this, but like just hamming it up. Yeah. Like the most, it felt at times like they were acting to an audience and like really trying to project their feelings to the back row. Mm -hmm. But it was rough for yeah, me. It almost felt like a play. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. Well, what did you think? You know, it was like, it's an amazing story. And like great story. My whole being wanted to like it. Like I did not like this movie. Mm -hmm. I do like the story that it was trying to tell. Sure. I don't think it needs to be as embellished as it was. Um, it makes me feel like they were dumbing it down and almost making her like a superhero. Like at that one point they almost did give her they do. Superpower. They give her they, a they superpower. literally give her like give superpowers. Her superpower. And I think it's an unnecessary dumbing down. Uh, an oversimplification of a story that could have been told really beautifully uh, and that didn't need that embellishment. Yeah. I mean, and since we're not really dancing around anything, like it's pretty clear early on that she's religious. They're all like, they make a good point of noting that um, they, they communicate very well through singing. That's the thing that I've known. That's mm -hmm. the thing that happens. Um, but they also take it a step further and that they, they, uh, sing in church, but then she's very, she'll pray to a tree. There's like native American stuff in here. It felt like to me, like she was praying at a tree and like the vision she would get felt like stuff I've seen portrayed by like native American like stories. Vision quest. Yeah, It was weird. Like, yeah, like ayahuasca stuff. I don't know, but she gets basically the story is she, it, she talks to God, God talks back and tells her what's about to happen literally in the future. And that's how she avoids danger. And she does this multiple times throughout the movie. Like, yeah. To where she can like count on it to escape tricky situations. Yeah. At first I thought it was like, maybe this will be a metaphor. Like maybe, maybe cause at first it's like, you're seeing stuff from her past, like when her sisters get sold into slavery. Yeah. But then it's like, no, you're seeing something frame for frame that is about to happen. Like 45 seconds. It's like, okay, it feels kind of shitty that you're like taking away the hoods. Unless, look, and this is where this movie's going to divide people. You believe that or you don't. I think even the people that do, let's say like the most, not the most, the second to most extreme believers in, in a higher power still wouldn't be like, he's not literally talking to you. Mm -hmm. They're like, they're taking away all of her credibility for being this badass woman that did all this. And it's like, she was just basically a dummy listening to a voice yeah. from God doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, I don't know. It detracts from how awesome she actually was. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Yep. And there, there's multiple points where she, they're like, you, you don't know how amazing it is. You're like, you did this 100-mile journey by yourself. And she's always like, nah, da, 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 da. I was with the Lord. And it, like, it got to the point where it was like, all right, like, I don't even think she would have said that. Uh, like, at some point, she'd be like, I don't, yeah, I don't know, dude. That's yeah, how some folks be. That's true. That's how a lot of folks be. And far be it for me to take that away. But And I'm not going to take it away, obviously. But like the movie doing it feels weird to me. Yeah. And that stuff would have been fine, but it's that combined with the visions. Well, it makes you wonder who this movie's being made for. True. You know what I mean, that kind of goes back to what you were saying about like, yeah, the target demographic for this. I guess dude, um, maybe people that, uh, relate to that. Yeah. And, and they do address it at one point. She, historically speaking, we were going to talk about this article you and I read on slate uh, about fact checking this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, she talks about how, when she was a kid, she got hit in the head with a two pound weight. I don't think she says two pounds, but that's what it was mm -hmm. um, by one of the slave owners. And it like fractured her skull, very likely giving her like narcolepsy and brain damage. And at one point they're like, the movie's like, almost like she might just have brain damage and not visions from God, but then it never addresses it. And it yeah. basically we're like, no, it's visions from God. 
I think it would have been much more interesting to not uh, do that. Maybe maybe go more the sciencey route if if you're into that sort of thing. That's right? just me though. Yeah. So that was a big problem for me. Yeah, they kind of turned it into like a fairy tale almost. Yeah, or a know? superhero movie. Yeah. Which like Harriet Tubman superhero would be dope. It'd I'd be watch that cool. movie forever. Yeah. But make it that. Yeah. And it was didn't feel like they were trying to make do it, it to where she can fly. I would yeah, be great. That'd be so cool. Yep. Uh what else? I just think this movie had potential. It was there. Yeah. Like I said over and over, like I wanted to, I like the story. I do. I like the story being told. I just wish they would have told it better, I think is really my main point. Yeah. I mean, I think a better and uh, in truer would have helped me a little bit. Like a lot of the, and this is normal, like in a based on true events movie, you often get like fudging of the chronology of things. Mm-hmm. It's like the Fugitive Slave Act happened a couple months after she was freed, not like a year and a half. And it wasn't this giant thing that, was happening at the perfect pinnacle of the climax of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, little things like that make sense Yep, uh, that you would rearrange it. But, but I get problems when you try to craft an entire narrative about Harriet Tubman around this one guy that's chasing her up and down the coast mm-hmm. who didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> that bothers me. Yeah. Especially when you craft the whole narrative of her childhood around that dude. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work so often. Well yeah. Me. That's a really big false narrative. Yeah. Like a huge one. You, cr- you made a whole villain mm-hmm. sort of to encompass granted like slavery, but yeah, there's plenty of slavery everywhere else. Just leave him out and deal with what she did. Yeah, that's fine. The fact that she was a slave and yeah, like, and then the, wasn't. Yeah, very there, cool. There was plenty of real villains. Yeah, right. You like did anybody pick anyone there? Yeah, you didn't need to make a super villain and have him chase her all over for the whole movie. Yeah, it was weird, man. It was not my favorite thing. No. So, was there anything that you liked yeah, we, that yeah. we haven't touched on? No. Okay. No, I had my couple of like nuggets of positivity. Like her performance was pretty good. Yep. Um, a lot of her running. She's she's a convinced she's a convincing runner. Mm-hmm. That's a thing that I take issue with a lot of movies. They're like some people are like you're obviously not doing this. Like Tom Cruise, great. Yeah, I believe every minute. Mm-hmm. But it's like some action movies are like it's clear there's like cuts every like five seconds. You're like you're not running at all. Cynthia Revo moves in this movie. Yep. So that was cool. I appreciate the athleticism. I appreciate the commitment to the role. I suppose. Soundtrack sucked. I hated that. Yeah. None of it ever moved me. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. It's hard to say. And it's a shame because it is such a cool story. I was also very confused at points because like a big part of making an action scene good is like sort of understanding the layout. Mm-hmm. And there were points where like it's stupid. I hate when movies do this, but like an Indiana Jones movie where they'd cut away to like a cartoon map and be like, bing, pew, they're on a plane flying across the ocean. and dun, da, 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 da. They land. Like you know where they are. Mm-hmm. In this movie, it feels like they're running on like backwoods trails. Mm-hmm. At one point, they're well, not at one point. They they like outrun horses on foot like fifteen times. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like, how are you? How are you winning? Mm-hmm. At one point, there's a montage where her and like eight other people run. It's got to be like 200, 300 yards, open field, being chased by horses and dogs. They get in the back of a wagon. And then you cut back to – so you're like, they're running, 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 being chased, cut to the wagon, they're getting in, cut back to the field, and the horses and the dogs are just like sniffing the grass. Like where did they go? I don't that know. That kind of stuff bothers me. Like you can outrun a horse maybe once if there's like a couple trees. But you're maybe. not doing that for years. No, and there's bloodhounds. and Yeah, yeah like this, you tell me a dog wouldn't go to that wagon just smell it be like, I found them. Hey, they're right there. Right there. Yeah. You can't – that's not how dogs work. Yeah, there was a lot of, of liberties taken. A lot of liberties. Yeah. And again, it's not that this couldn't have been done. There's plenty of material to work with. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. And also, she did this thing where she would like, like, once she first was escaping, she wanted to say bye to everybody. She couldn't go back down to like the fields to say bye. 
so because there was a guy coming to sell her basically. Like, you mm-hmm. remember this? Yeah. He's like he's like out there asking people, and then he's in the middle of the field. So are all the other slaves, and she like starts singing, and then he like can't figure out where that's coming from, and then they all start singing. And he like walks the literal opposite direction. He's like, I'm gonna look over here. Yeah. Or like at the part where she tries to get her dad and she like sings to him from like 10 feet away. Mm-hmm. She go get him. Mm-hmm. He's right there. Yeah. Sings like one line. I don't know. It was very weird. A lot of this, I was like, why would you do that? Yeah. One point she runs up to a field full of white people that own slaves. It's clear they're like the plantation owners. Just runs and jumps in the back of a wagon. You, you don't think anybody might've seen you there? You just went for it? And it tries to be dramatic with that stuff, but it's not dramatic. I don't know. It was not good or whatever. Yeah, it kind of those scenes came across as a little silly yeah. and like not realistic. Yeah, we should have had a survival horror movie featuring Harriet Tubman. That would have been much better. That would have been more historically accurate as to what the Underground Railroad was probably like. Totally. Uh, yeah, it was more survival horror than what we got. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like the whole underground society thing, which is very cool, but it felt very like boys' clubby to me when she went now. Like only the initiated get in and I, I thought she would be like what does that mean because then like in the next scene he says something and she's like i don't know what that word is mm-hmm. but it's way simpler than initiated yeah but in the moment she's like cool i've been initiated mm-hmm. sick yeah i'm here now yeah, there's lots of little things. Also, the dude, the slave hunter dude. Yeah, the that black was slave, also not that was real. also not real. Yeah, like they brought in a slave hunter who was black to try to track her down, and that dude didn't exist. Yeah. That seems fucked up yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Also, just entered full dangers on here. That's fine. That's, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't make up that character. That's crossing some lines, I'm sure. Yeah. And in the Slate article, they were like, well, there were black maybe slave hunters, probably. Yeah. They were like really dancing. They were like, there's, there's a chance, you know, because it's tough to be, you know, black in the South and you might have to do what you have to do. He yeah. might have been real. Yeah. There were so many, like, well, this is a person that could have existed. Yeah, it's like, but it, but it didn't. Like, yeah. so don't put that in the movie about Harry Tubman. Yeah, you idiot. Yeah, and it sucks because there are so many cool facts about her, mm-hmm. like that are real. Yeah, like, focus Just on use the real stuff. Yeah, it's There's, not that crazy. It's silly. So I feel like I've done a lot of talking here. Yeah. What do you think? More. I think, Tell me more. I of what think, you think we're we're there, man. Okay. <laughs> like I've. Yeah. All right. We've just been bouncing this tennis ball back and forth, and we agree. Okay, so let's give it a rating out of 10, my friend. 3.2. All right. Um, And it sucks because, like I've said over and over, she's a great person. This is an amazing story. Like, this makes me want to read uh, a biography or something that she's done. Yeah. Because I think there was some some people that interviewed her before she died. They have, like, a lot of recorded facts about her. And this makes me want to look more into that. Um, This was a highly fictionalized representation of someone that did – True, great work. Yeah. And I think she deserved a better movie to be made about her. And yeah. I think that is the tragedy of this whole thing. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm going to go three. Okay. I think a lot of the cinematography was cool. It seemed like if you had taken just a still of that movie out mm-hmm. and framed it, it would be like a really beautiful picture. Totally. Um, a lot of really nice landscape stuff or even some some of the human portraiture was cool. Like there were a lot of shots of her standing on sort of like a cliff or looking into the sunset or riding a horse. Like mm-hmm. that stuff's really cool. Yeah. Um, so whoever was like their director of photography or the cinematographer was doing good stuff. And mm-hmm. I think she was good in it. Again, really like Leslie Odom Jr. in this. He was very charismatic and believable. Yep. So I don't know. I'd say pretty hard miss this one. Everybody. Yeah. I think we watched this so you guys don't have to uh, pick up a book. 
Yeah. Uh, maybe watch like a PBS documentary about yeah. Harriet Tubman, something yes. like that. Yeah, do that. Uh, do some some research and find some some better and more factual information about this amazing woman mm-hmm. that helped so many mm-hmm. people out. Uh, don't rely on this movie to learn about her. Matter of fact, make a habit when movies say based on true events, just look that shit up because mm-hmm. it's not no. a lot of the time. <laughs> yep, I'm sadly learning. Believe nothing. Believe nothing. Question everything. Question everything. What's the thing? Illuminati. Yep. <laughs> Is that their thing? I don't question. Know. I think it's something like that. Maybe flat Earth. It's our thing. Yeah. All right. All right. Well. <laughs> okay. We're gonna go to break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about. Uh, would you please flip your paper? By the way. Oh God. Why don't you say what this beer we're gonna do? Because you brought it, and I don't think that should fall on my shoulders. Ura Yuli. Good enough. We're gonna talk about Ura Yuli when we come back. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Good day and welcome to the Danger Zone. You just got that? <laughs> uh, we just got back from break. We are jumping into our second and final beer called Ur. Would you say Urayuli? I'm gonna. I would say Urayuli. Urayuli. Or like Urayuli. Urayuli. I feel like it's an insult. Like, oh yeah. Well, Urayuli. Urayuli. So you, you calling Yuli? You fucking Muli. You fucking Yuli. Yuli. Uh, this is a beer from Abomination Brewing from uh, I think originally New Haven, Connecticut, uh, but they do some pilot brewing different places. It's Palo. It's 6.3%. And I wasn't sure exactly what version this might have been, so I didn't write down a description in our notes. I was hoping that perhaps the can would say something. This is beer number one in the series. It doesn't say anything really other than this is a dry hop pale ale hopped with Galaxy Citra and Mosaic, and it is 6.3% ABV. All right, well, that's fine. Yeah. It's a hazy-looking pale ale. Yep. I'll give you that. Um, I am. I noticed the can art. And it occurred to me that Ura Yuli might be a creature. And what I'm seeing here on uh, wikivisually.com is Ura Yuli or hairy men nice. are a mythical race of creatures that live in the woodland areas of southwestern Alaska. So I feel like it is almost, um, you know, that thing that lives in Alaska. Yeti. Yeah. Yeti. Uh, stories of the Ura Yuli describe them as a standing 10 feet tall or like a Sasquatch, maybe. With long, shaggy fur and luminescent eyes, they're also said to emit a high-pitched cry resembling that of a loon. Their long, lanky arms have been described as reaching down to their ankles. These sound just, yeah, like Sasquatch, Saskatchewans. Yep. But that's cool. Okay. So it's nice to know this is a thing. I'm not reading any of that. No. My Lord. And this is uh, three pages about Alaska. Yeah. Come to our state. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm good. I like being not frozen. Yeah, it's fair. So the other thing I'm concerned about on this can is the creature under the Uriuli, mm-hmm. which looks to be a lizard deer antler critter. What makes you say lizard? I thought there might be a tail. Oh, I guess there's no tail. Sorry. I thought in my brain it was like a like a crocodile or something mm. with a with a face of a deer. That'd be scary. Yeah. I feel like the scariest part of a crocodile though is its face. Yeah. So you might be taming it a little bit. Like it might be kind of cute. Maybe. Like a deer lizard. Dizzard. Right in a letter. Dear Lizard, you are less scary than your predecessors. More importantly, though, uh, what is that beer like, Johnny? Hmm. Sorry also for all of that. Okay. <laughs> I was enjoying it. <laughs> no Dear else. Lizard. Just me and you, man. Wow. Hmm. It's fine. All right. That's just an average kind of beer. It's tasting a little on the old side. Couldn't find much of a date on the bottom, but it definitely has that kind of stale... Uh, just little on the older hop side flavor going. See, I'm con- I'm not confused, but I'm always concerned when I see Galaxy because Galaxy 
in more beers than I can remember tends to go that way. Yeah. I don't know if that's just the hop. Yeah, it could be too, because I mean, on second sip, I'm getting a lot of earthiness. Yeah, dude, it's like it's like it's that fine line between like earthy, robust hopness versus just stale, cardboardy old yeah. beer. It's got a, a strong note of terra firma. Yeah, Earth's crust, my guy. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I think best case scenario, the galaxy is jumping and squishing uh, like an Uruguay might mm-hmm. the Citroen mosaic. Just stomping through its forest of hop flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst case, it is maybe old or just not a very good beer. Yeah, I don't think it's the worst. No. I, I definitely, it's hoppy in a redeeming way. Um, it might be old, though. There are some slightly off flavors coming through there. Well, I can do some digging real quick, but. What are you going to dig, man? I was going to look up uh, when they released their first batch of this. Mm. But maybe I can do that in a minute because now you've thrown it back to me. And I feel maybe. as though I must talk. We could. I don't know. Okay, do me a favor. Describe the can in general. We've already covered the creature, the skeleton. Give me the rest. Yeah, the can art's cool. You can check our Instagram for pictures. Uh, this is a silver 16-ounce can with the cool like sticker label on it. You can tell that they Smaller just brewery. bought like plain cans and put a sticker on it, which is, yeah, small brewery. Or just, I don't know, a lot of people do that anymore. That's just that's a, true, a yeah. choice that's made. But uh, I like their can art a lot. That's initially what what made me gravitate towards it. So, do you have any info on when this beer first came out? So, I'm looking on their website here. Um, I'm going to go to their beers tab, and hopefully there's something here. They have a lot of really fun uh, can art. If you're a can art kind of person, Johnny, I know you are. Yep. Um, I, I This is a style that reminds me of, what is it? Oh, it reminds me of Against the Grain Brewing. Yeah. They have a lot of sort of the, um, how would you describe like this font? Oh, like comic like, books. Almost gooey, like yeah, big and blocky and gooey. Yeah, almost bubble letters, but with like... Yeah, way Texture. more character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not seeing this one, though, are you? Nope. That's a huge bummer. Um, maybe we'll find out at some point. Uh, but maybe not. It's hard to say. But well, either way. It's hard to find out information that they don't put on their website. We don't know anything about that. Mm, okay. Well, feels like a bit of a sick burn to me, but well, fair enough. To both of us. <laughs> it's uh, not just you. Yeah. Uh, on this note, I also want to say that we did not figure out Wild Ale on our break. So cool. Hard to know. Hard hard to know stuff, isn't it? It is, man. You know. So so we've talked we talked about our uh rating spectrum last week. Yeah. For me, uh three down to one is undrinkable. No, two to two one and two is undrinkable for me. Three to five is okay. Five to eight is five to seven's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Five to seven's pretty good. Eight? Eight and a half, nine, like that's pretty good. And ten's obviously great. Mm-hmm. This is not quite a two for me, but it's also not a four. So I'm thinking I'm gonna land in the three because I'm gonna drink this, but I don't really like it that much. Yeah, so that's no. where I'm at. It's really adequate. It's like a four three. Mm, okay, All it's right. it's subpar. Yeah, sub average. Yeah, sub zero. Way uh, sub zero. I guess above zero technically. Yeah. So. Did you still f- do it? That should be the new one. What's like the worst beer ever? Just like sub zero. And the best beer ever is a scorpion because it stings the. Not get over here. Get, yeah, get over here into my mouth, your dirty old beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, three for me, 4.3 for you. It's fine. It's really just fine. It's nothing to write home about. It's whatever. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Abomination, thanks so much. Or yeah. not, depending on your point of view on this beer, everybody. That's yep. Uriuli, or perhaps Uriuli. 
I bet you they like the picture on Instagram. I love it when breweries that we trash like our pictures on Instagram. Well, that's why I think you should post um, separate pictures with like a quick, like an untapped review. Like post just the picture of the beer and be like, here's our review this episode of this beer. This is sort of the bullet points. This is our score. Mm-hmm. That's the really big one. If they like that, it's like they just want the PR. Yeah. Well, I just tagged them and used a hashtag yeah, right. and they were into it. Yeah. Well, any press is good press. That's true. That's what they say. It is what they say. Uh, this, this beer's leaving my mouth a little bit hot. Yeah, it's really bumming me out. So you might say you're bothered. Yeah. All right. I might. I'll let you take it from there. What is your hot and bothered? Because <laughs> that's the next segment. That is the next segment. Uh, okay, I got a couple quick hots. Biggest one is my friend Sean, best man at my wedding. Um, I and, know him. And efficient. Yeah, you do. Came, he was doing a, I think it was a five-week internship for Apple down in Cupertino, San Jose area. And that just ended, so he's driving back up to Seattle. And he had his car full of his stuff, and he stopped to stay the night with us last night. So I got to hang out with him. It's the first time I've seen him since the wedding. Nice. Uh, so very fun. I like that, dude. I do, too. Um, That's good. Yeah, right. It'd be sort of weird if I didn't. Yeah. Um, I also got a, a, a USB-compatible DVD player for my computer. Thought you were going to say I got AIDS. Nope. Did not I get AIDS. I also got AIDS. Still okay on that front. That's good. Um, if you are a new-ish computer owner, I think it was like 2000 and. 15 or 16, they stopped putting DVD drives basically um, in like laptops with Macs, MACS, um, and iMacs. Mine's never had it. So I bought a DVD, DVD drive. I've been putting it off for a while. I went to Best Buy and just bought one so I could watch movies that I don't want to bother my wife with, like Tarkovsky's Solaris. And I can just, yeah, uh, watch them in here. Yep. I stick them in the DVD player because I like, because you're not going to find Solaris most of the time or movies. There's certain movies you're just not going to find on Netflix, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I rent them. And now I've got a space to watch them. And that makes me very happy. It's a good feeling, isn't it? It's a great feeling. Very lastly, speaking of good feelings, is I finally got us a new blow dryer. Gianna's had the same blow dryer since she was like 16 years old. The heating coils are going out. It's this little pink piece of shit from like 1990. Okay. Uh, It doesn't work. You can't even use the toggle on the handle. You got to like press the breaker switch on the big black outlet thing. Oh, fun. Oh, so that thing sucks. Yeah. So I finally bought one. I, I shut out 30 bones for it or 35 Whoa. maybe with tax. It was Target. So they charge you a, a like a upper class citizen tax. Mm-hmm. I think the, the slogan for Target should be like, we sell the exact same shit as Walmart, but like a little bit more expensive because it feels cleaner. Better people shop here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I bought that. It has like an attachment, not like an attachment. It has an attachment mm-hmm. that kind of, it sort of looks like. Don't say the first thing you think of. Yep. Say the oh, I know the attachment. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, sort of vertical shaped. Mm-hmm. And it really sort of controls the airflow. Mm-hmm. And it's been great. I blue drew my hair today. Let's go with that. And it works great. Good. So I'm very excited. I thought you had more volume. I got so much volume. Yeah, it's just all up there. You, you just blow so it much stays. What's going on with you, man? What's got you hot and bothered? Oh, it's been fun, man. I mean, every day you do have to wake up and live with yourself. Yeah. So what's that like? I do. Uh you know, it's rough sometimes. Cool. Ask the wife. It's, uh, it's I'd hard rather living. ask Paul Rudd. It's hard living with me. Paul Rudd knows so much about living with himself. Oh, my God. Send it. Uh, that was a great segue <laughs> into my hot. I did have to lay it up twice, though. You did. That's fine. You just thought I was insulting you <laughs> out of the blue. Like, just <laughs> yeah. nice conversation. You're like, hey, I guess he's just throwing some shade. Yeah. Why I'm, not? Yeah, it's really does suck it's funny yeah. i appreciate you mm, piece of shit no it's fine okay um yes living with yourself is a brand new netflix series that i just consumed the entirety of it features paul rudd paul rudd and aisling b 
as the three main characters, and I'm going to say three main characters because it follows Paul Rudd as a kind of down and out like ad sales executive type character who has to go oh, into yeah, 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 yeah. pitch meetings and stuff like that. Uh, and it, this like last, last ditch effort because he's like super depressed and like just needs a change. Coworker recommends this spa. You go in, you get this treatment. Very exclusive. Very exclusive, right. very expensive, but you come out like super refreshed, like a new, new uh, view on life, etc. Sure. Um, one thing leads to another. It's actually a facility, and this is all in the first episode, so I'm not spoiling anything other than that. Uh, it's a cloning facility where they take all of your data, essentially, and clone you and put you into a new body with, like, a fresh perspective that is, like, brand new at life. So you just have, like, the new you has this vigor and just, like, right. drive for life it's, and passion. It's very funny. So that the moment you said it, I came down to the C also section of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moon, multiplicity, Gemini man. Nice. That's funny. Yes. So it follows because usually they would kill off the original sure. and just replace it with the new one. He lives. On purpose? So, no. no. They The, the cloning place screwed up. Sure. So yeah, this whole series is about Paul Rudd living with Paul Rudd. You have to live with yourself, figure out what to do when there's a clone of yourself that it is for all intents and purposes way better than you are. So you're sort of in the mind of the original. You're uh, sticking with the original part. You know, it's great because this this series has episodes completely from all of the different characters in its viewpoints. That's cool. So one episode's from his viewpoint. One episode is from the clone. There's a couple episodes from the wife's perspective. Uh, it's really, really trippy. And they play all around with timelines quite a bit. So it, it's kind of fun there. And it actually deals with some pretty metaphorical big issues. Sure. You know, like, um, you know, self-esteem, self-care, all kinds of interesting stuff. Like, what would you tell yourself if uh, you could talk to a version of you that was depressed? Right. That kind of thing. Sure. So kind of meta and thinky, but also kind of silly and funny. I think it strikes a nice balance and makes it palatable. And it's overall very entertaining. And it comes in these beautiful little 30-minute bites mm-hmm. that are just like snack size three musketeers you just want to keep popping right. them down and like eight a, episodes total i think i saw yeah so i mean we watched it over the weekend yeah and it was it was really good it got a little wonky and weird at the end and i'm really curious to see what they're going to do with season two so there's a season two you got the there vibe. will be a season okay. two for sure uh, i really liked paul rudd in this both versions of him i thought it was really cool the way they did it tons of cool camera work with just obviously having yes having him talk with himself so uh, that was one of my hots, man. That was Fair. pretty much. That's a great one. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great. Uh, that's a great recommendation. Thank you. I think check it out on Netflix. You said, yeah, living with yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see. Uh, bothered for one. Immediately, the first thing that comes to mind is if you go to a comedy show and the bar is cash only. Oh, that's a bit outdated. And there's no ATM there, and yeah. you don't want to leave to go get cash. You don't want to be sober. No. So what'd you do? I stayed sober. You did. My laziness outweighed my need to be sober. It's how you know you don't have a problem. Well, well with drinking at least. To be fair, we were late. So uh-huh. it was like I could go, but then I'd be like trying to get up to our seats. Like you gotta shuffle back in with drinks too, which yeah. is like you don't want to be that guy. That's the guy that gets yelled at by the comedian. Exactly. Yeah. That's oh, my showing worst up late with drinks. Yep. Yeah. Comedy night was fun. Went to the yeah. L. Ray. Nice. What's his name? Andrew Schultz. You sure you're sober? Yeah, Zing. I just yeah, I, got you. I, I want to say every time I say his name, I want to say Mark Schultz, yeah, the creator uh, of Garfield. And there's another Mark Schultz. Is there? I think he's a musician. 
Okay. Seems like a pretty common name though. Probably. But yeah, that was fun, but that's a big bother. And then also daylight savings time is always a, a wrench in my system. I was wide awake at 4 a.m. this morning. I wanted to go to bed at 8 p.m. last night, and then I was wide awake because, yeah, my mental clock is set to like 5 a.m. That's not good. No. Yeah. So, yeah, real job, real early. Yep. Real wonky. I've been super tired all day. Yeah. learned that four espresso shots is too many. Yeah, well, then you also have the crash associated with it. Yeah. Because like I'm sure for a minute you were like, four is what I needed this whole time. No. I've had, oh, really? I got like, halfway through it, and I was like, I fucked up. Did you finish it? Uh, right before I came here. How? What is the form that your shots came in? Like just straight up espresso shots? I did four shots of espresso with steamed oat milk. That was it? Yeah. Okay, it sounded like you're going to keep talking. Uh, yeah, you did a latte. Yeah. Okay. Essentially just an oat milk latte. So I want to know, at what you said halfway through, why did you keep drinking it? Halfway through, I realized I'd fucked up, mm-hmm. uh, and then I ate a bagel and like some breakfast immediately and got leveled out, and then once- Did the, you just sit in your car the whole day? Yeah. Before breakfast, and then you finished on the way here? Uh-huh. You madman. Yeah. I guess it's different than real milk. Yeah. And cow's milk. Oh, yeah. Oat milk is real milk. Yeah, it's but it's not dairy-based, so it's not going right. to get it's weird. It's not curdle or anything? No, it yeah, was really nice once it cooled off, Okay, which was odd, but yeah. It's like a nice latte. Well, not a nice. It's like a it's like a, a warm latte. It's like a room-temperature latte. It sounds gross, actually, when you say it that way. You're it right. It was fine. It was fine, though. It wasn't. It was drinkable. Good. Yeah, I needed some caffeine, but yeah, four is too many. Yes. It's two, maybe three. Well, most places that do, <clears throat> if I may, sir, most places that pour quality espresso do double shots anyways. Mm-hmm. So like, did you ask her for, did you make it at work? Or? Yeah, I made it myself. Okay. Then yeah. It was just a bad decision. Did you like, cause do you have the portafilter where you fill it with, or no, you, it's the machine. You told I, me it was the machine. I do both. Okay. Yeah. What was it today? Uh, it was the machine. Okay. I was tired. And you were just like, I was beep, just like beep, push, beep, beep, that many. Well, no, cause there's a button for two. There's a button for four. I see. I always push the button for two. And then sometimes if I'm feeling froggy, I'll add one more. Oh. Triple shot. Sure. But I have a big mug, you know, like a 20 ounce. Yeah. So it, it'll last me. It stays hot. It's like the double wall insulated. Yeah. Take it on the road. Yeah. Um, but yeah, four, oof, too much, man. Too much. I, I, I got real jittery. Yeah, that makes sense. It wasn't fun. But yeah, those are the biggest problems in my life. So yeah, good day. We're good. Yeah. We're Drank good. like 50 bucks worth of White Claw this weekend. Good for you. You did buy overpriced White Claw. I did. I could go for a White Claw right now. Me too. I've been drinking this... The rapist Damn. called back to last week. Yeah. Uh, and it's just not, it's so heavy, you know? Yeah, I didn't like it then. I did. Yeah. I still like it now, but it's its just not what I'm into. Do it's we? Not, no. Every time, there we were do this claws. Thing, we do this thing where uh, we allot ourselves um, a, a, a minor budget from our profits of this show mm-hmm. to wet our whistles every now and again. Mm-hmm. And every time it's happened, I'm like, yeah, grab, hey, put, grab us some white cloning way over. Like, put it on the podcast account. It'll be fine. We'll just keep it in the fridge. And then you drink it all. And then I drink all of it. You know, it's a week. Did you even save me one? No. No. No, no, no. Didn't Because think- that's the thing, man. Once you start drinking, like, you've had, like, like an, whatever the amount of white claw it is for you to get a buzz. Like, white claw is not like this where you're like, that feels like there's enough in me. Mm-hmm. White claw, you're just like, let's keep this party going. I drank a whole 12 pack Saturday. Because you can. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of reasons doctors would say why not, but yeah, well, but what do they know? Speaking, yeah, why not? Quacks. Yeah, I believe Quack in crackpots. Jesus, I believe in miracles. You sex a thing. Is that Rod Stewart? Yeah. Is it? Yes. I think it's Rod Stewart, but it might not be. Mm-hmm. It's not Rob Thomas. No. Is it Rob Delgado? Oh, it's Rob. He texted me by the way. I just Obviously, whatever it is. Sure. 
Where were you not? So we just got finished so, hot and bothered. That's the end of it. Unless I'm, you have anything else you're bothered I'm or bothered by. Bothered by you drinking all of the podcast White Claws. Well, I, it, you're right. The only thing I didn't say by way of my apology just there was I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. The I, only thing I didn't say in my apology is I'm It was sorry. just. <laughs> Max Minardi, everyone. It was just everything else. It was an implied apology, which is a shitty apology. So I apologize no. for my shitty apology. And for the original one, I'm sorry. I think you should just keep apologizing. This is great. This is good radio. Keep <laughs> to it going. you, our listeners, I am so sorry that this is what you tuned in for. All right. Well, we'll get some White Claw. I will bring... I'm going to meter them out. I'm going to bring like six for the show. I think that's smart. And then the next week, I'll bring the other six. Yeah, that's, that's good. I'll yeah. just stash them in one of my beer fridges. It'll yeah. be great. Yeah. In that hot and bothered, you said a thing, and it's the first time I've heard you say it, and I have to comment Please. on how adorable it is. You referred to Was Gianna oh. as your wife. Is it the first time you've heard that? On the on the air, I think it's the first time that you've said, you know, I watch movies, you know. I did just kind of throw it in. Yeah, like, it, was, a, yeah. it wasn't highlighted in the sentence, and it was just nonchalant, yep. and I find it adorable. Thank you for saying that. And I'm sorry I don't say it more often, Gianna. God, he goes, just keep, <laughs> the apologist. Yeah. All right, look, let's get back to Harriet, if you have anything you want to talk about. I have a couple of points. I wish of. there was White Claw. That's uh, my point for yeah, the rest of this Hot and Bothered. I do, too. We're done with Hot and Bothered, though, so you can let that point go. Or whatever this show is now. It's just us, man. It's always been us. Um, Harriet, when she first escapes, she goes to the church. Uh, and the reverend, who, by the way, is like on the plantation every Sunday, they'd be like, be a good slave. You don't want to burn in hell for being a bad slave. God says... You should treat your master good with them looking when they're not looking. Then it's like, oops, surprise. He's actually uh, one of the conductors of the Underground Railroad, sort of playing the, the double-sided coin there. Thinly veiled. Smart, though. That's the way you got to, I think, survive. That's, yeah. That was it. You don't want to draw attention, so you're like, whatever you say. That's fair. Basically doing the opposite of that Bible verse. Only yeah. being a good slave when they're looking. And then otherwise, like, being the best human, mm-hmm. which I think is more important, personally. Yep. Um, anyways, he tells her, he's like, all right. You're going to try to escape. You need to listen to me. This is, can you try to remember what I'm saying? She goes, I can remember it. And like, we're set up this giant bit of advice. And he says, listen to the Lord, which again, if you, that's what you believe. Awesome. But like, if you're telling a slave how to escape to the North, like don't lead with that. Probably like three or four. And he's like, also follow the North star and the river. I'm like, that's geographical. Yeah. That's universally understood. Like that's, you can't misinterpret that necessarily. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's where the movie it sort of like sets the tone for what it is about to do. Yeah. I don't know, man. It uh it was weird. Mm-hmm. It was weird. A lot of that was weird. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and agree. Also like she goes back so that she is free for a year. She becomes or takes the name Harriet Tubman. Goes back to free her husband. I have a couple points here. Mm-hmm. One is we learn that her husband who thought she was dead because that's what he was told has fallen in love remarried is with child. Mm-hmm. She finds that out and is like, what? How could you do this to me? Mm-hmm. By the way, he's also been tortured. He's got like a huge scar on his face. No, that happened when, uh, the, like the night she left. Well, yeah, totally. So he's not tortured then he was, he, he had gotten tortured. Really? Yeah. No, she left. They were he like, got hey. hit in the face that night. And if his face was all jacked up, then we're saying the same thing. Wait, you're saying the night she came back to get him? No. Yeah, no, we're saying the same thing. Yeah, I don't she think he escapes. was tortured. He just got hit in the head. It was a, you're probably right. It was once. Torture is like, yeah, we're going to tie him to a table, I thought I tickle got the, him a lot, okay. you know what I mean? I was under the impression they beat him pretty good. Oh. Like, like 
a lot of times. Yeah. I don't know. I saw that someone like, get hit with like the butt end of a gun or, or maybe something. That was a, yeah, like Either way, or his whole face, like, like eyebrow to like cheek, gets split. Yeah, and he loses an eye. And they pulled a Batman. They're like, "Where is she?" And he's like, "I don't know." Hit. So he he thinks she's dead. Goes full Christian Bale. Yeah, he's, where are they? He's been either beaten or tortured. Yes. to not give her up when they asked. Mm-hmm. He gets over his grief from finding out the love of his life who abandoned him on a plantation mm-hmm. has escaped and is actually alive. Fair point to mention too is they were supposed to leave together. They were. She left him at the gate. She's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. For I mean, she thought it would protect him. Whatever. He deals with all this. Falls in love. Ends up in a great marriage, we, as far as we know. Has a, <laughs> That's has a pure kid. speculation. And it's also, he's like, she's probably a slave, I think, because he's like on that. Or I guess she he goes to get him a, not on a plantation. He made a point to say that she was free like him. Okay, great. So he's got a great marriage. Let's, I mean, you know. Let's assume they're happy. Let's assume they're happy. As happy as they can be, given she, the current time. Right. Harriet finds like, all right, I'm going to go back. I got to free my husband. Whatever. So we don't know at this point. She goes back. He tells her, like... And I don't like she's she's been hit in the head to get a skull fracture since she was a kid Mm -hmm. to the point where he's like, we're all like before they even start talking, we're like, something's different. Mm -hmm. And he's like holding her and he goes, I'm married. And she goes, I know you're married to me. (laughs) And we're like, oh, no, Harriet. No, no, no. No, it's coming. It was a very mama's not moving Gilbert moment. It is like, no. And then she loses it. She's basically like. Okay, well, it's clear, like, don't touch me. I thought you loved me. How could you do this to me? Not only am I now not going to help you escape, I'm going to leave you and your wife and your child here to be a slave. I'm going to take some other people instead. And I think that was a weird narrative choice to make. And I don't think that's true. I'm going to push back on that a Please. little because he was a free man with a paying job. Did he have a paying job? Yeah, he worked at the mill with her dad. Like, he was free the whole movie. I, they set him up as a free man in the beginning. Well, then why did she go back to get him? Because she missed him. Mm. She wanted him with her. Okay. I think I would say that the quality of life for a black person in the South is worse than that in the North. Exactly. So that's probably part of it. We can't say that she left him on a plantation, though. That's, okay, you're that's, right. That's, that's true. That's true. That's, that's a bit right. exaggerated. You're right. Okay. It does sort of deflate my point a little bit, but she does leave him, which leads to my other big thing. She brought, like, it was clear she like got a nice dress for her. And a suit or something for him so they could basically walk on the road without being like, you guys are obviously slaves. Like, mm-hmm. no, we're free people. We have nice clothes. And then she goes and, like, sees her family. And they all want to go. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, been told over and over, hey, this is a really crazy journey. You shouldn't go by yourself. But also, it's really tough. Like, not everybody makes it. And there's, like, a baby. There's a really old lady. And she's uh, – Harriet's, like – so I only really brought these like, clothes for this one guy. And like, I think logistically this might not work. And uh, her dad's just like, it's getting early. You guys better get going. Get on out of here. And she's like, okay. And then they all leave. I think stuff like that is like, what? Like maybe hear out her good point that you guys aren't going to make it. Like maybe do some planning. She's clearly going to come back. She's Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. Work on that a little bit. Right. But they don't. They're just like, all right, let's go. At one point she's like, going to shoot her brother because he's not going to cross the river. Mm-hmm. She basically walks on water at one point. To double down on like the Jesus thing, she, uh, not technically. It's not, a clear that it's like a big river. Like everybody's scared of it. And she's like finds the one path and like walks. Yeah, it in was the water. Pretty on the nose metaphor. Yeah, with her arms extended. And again, yeah, like up, like Jesusy. And if it wasn't the fact that she was literally talking to God throughout the whole movie, I might have looked the other way. Mm-hmm. Alas, I could not. Yeah, Harriet Tubman is Jesus. Yep, that's the that's the learn here. That's the takeaway. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to nitpick. <laughs> I think we have provided far more than enough yeah, white male perspective for this movie. 
That's fair. It also it's worth noting that the director is a female person of color. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how great I feel about nitpicking this movie, although I stand by all the historical stuff. Yeah, you got to at least be honest about what happened. Yeah, I, I, I want it to be true. I I wish yeah. Harriet Tubman was a superhero. Can I just say I was pissed that she didn't kill that dude at the end? Me too. Like you <laughs> you made this guy up. He's a fictional fa- yeah. Fragment shoots his hand. What that seems like fragment. Fragment. <laughs> Fictional fragment. Yeah, it's a hard thing to say. Yeah. Uh, of the writer's imagination. Yeah. You made this guy up. Yeah. To be pure Just evil. to be the worst. And then, okay, sure, she truly Shoots is Jesus. Kind of thing. Yeah, like forgives him, turns yeah. into cheek kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then takes his horse and leaves. I don't know, man. Yeah, and then her whole reason is like she gets, I guess, a vision about him dying on the battlefield in the Civil War, mm-hmm. fighting for a lost cause, which is a nice message, but shoot him. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, he's put you through a lot. Mm-hmm. He's clearly a piece of shit. He, just, fic- he fictionally put you through a lot. Just shoot that. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Just shoot that guy. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. I guess. I was hoping it would have been a nice exclamation point on that guy's yeah. fi- fictional storyline. Yeah. Like, can, we, can we also just really quickly talk about the bounty hunter dude? Um, something big. Big. Uh, I can't think of his name. Yeah. I didn't write it down. But the, the dude that we were talking about earlier, there's a bounty hunter who is also black, who is not real who they just decided to put in there because he could have existed as a black person that mm-hmm. hunts other black people. Ugh. Anyways, their final standoff, like they have a gunfight, which is the least climactic thing ever. Like he shoots at her, but misses. Yep. Even though moments ago, the dude that employs him was like, I want her alive. Do you understand? He's like, I got it. And then cut like, mm-hmm. I missed. Then she shoots him and shoots his hat off. Mm-hmm. And like, Ames, he's like, you're going to die, bitch. Or like, like the stupidest like villain thing. Yeah. I don't know. It was all very over dramatic and overacted and overwritten, and I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it. All right, you want to take us out of here? Let us be gone. Wait, you got to tell us about not you, but if you guys see this shit, this movie. Sorry, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> it felt very finality when you were saying it. Yeah, no, we're leaving. Turn it off. Click. That's what no, it felt like. We're getting out of here. If you see this movie, let us know what you think. I think we can both recommend skipping it. But if you're just a wild and crazy person that wants to go check it out. We'd be more than happy to have a chat with you. Yes. Uh, find us on all the social medias at Fresh Hop Cinema. Check our website, freshhopcinema.com. Email us, fhccast at gmail.com. Please consider supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 per week. Their perks are measurable, but fun. Yeah. Also, consider just giving us a review on iTunes. That's Or nice. a rating. Like, just, it's, it's, you're in the app right now, so just... Click over to the search thing, type our name, and then just give us a review. It helps other people find the show. Mm-hmm. Um, as a nugget of extra information, Mark Schultz uh, was the wrestler from um, Foxcatcher. That movie with Steve Carell and uh, Magic okay. Mike. Nice. Whose name I can't remember right now. Yeah. Um, Channing Tatum. Taylor Tomlinson. I don't sure. know. <laughs> uh, Mike Tomlinson is a Christian singer. So is the Mark Schultz I was thinking of. So nice little tie-in. All right. Also, per usual, this episode wouldn't be possible without the support of Bailey Minardi. That's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. We will see you next week for Jojo Rabbit. Stick around. We'll see you then. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.